Welcome back to Curtain Call. I am Kevin Sullivan alongside John J. Filippelli. Sad news today, as uh, you may have already heard, the passing of the legendary Whitey Ford. Flip, I know you saw Whitey Ford play. What were your thoughts when you first heard of the passing of Whitey Ford? Obviously, you know, very deeply saddened. Um, you know, I, I got to know him a little bit over the years, over the last, you know, several years, he's sort of been out of contact with, with the public. But uh, uh, in prior years, I'd gotten to know him a little bit uh, personally. And I, you know, and, and also his baseball, his baseball acumen speaks for itself. I mean, he was a he was an all-time great. I mean, he went two under 36 games. He had 10 wins in a World Series. Uh, he had the record of a consecutive, and still does, consecutive uh, shutout innings of 33 and two-thirds. Just think about that for a minute in a World Series uh, play. So, I mean, his, and he was with the Hall of Fame in 74. So he had quite a long and distinguished career with the Yankees. And, you know, he was the linchpin of, uh, of many of their great teams, their dynasty teams, and, uh, you know, especially the ones of the late 50s and early 60s. So, you know, and he, and he played with, you know, um, as a kid, I remember watching with Mickey Mantle and, you know, Roger Maris and Elston Howard and, and you know, that that ilk of just Yankee great players. And, uh, and again, he had a, a very prominent spot uh, in in uh, on those teams and uh you know and they were they won a number of championships and i dare say that i don't know if they would have won them without the contributions of whitey ford so you know obviously he was a great yankee who contributed much to their to their history to their success to their legacy and so besides the baseball part of it as i said i got to know him a little bit as a person so on both fronts it was deeply saddened and, and uh, you know but he had a great life and he was a wonderful yankee you mentioned whitey's uh, baseball acumen and uh you know, today, rightfully so, we have the Whitey Ford Yankeeography running on Yes Network. So I've had that on throughout the day watching it. Um, and aside from his baseball acumen, you know, all the stats are great. The numbers are great. The records are great. But I think what says most about him is listening to his teammates talk to him, talk about him just so glowingly, right? It wasn't about uh, the stats and the records. And I think that says more about Whitey Ford than anything else, just how much his counterparts loved him. Well, isn't that the, the you start thinking about it when we lose people, uh, the true mark of a person. Yes. It's great that they've had, if they've had success in careers, successful careers and whatever their chosen field are, but it's truthfully, it's how you remember them and the imprint that they left on you. And he certainly left an imprint on everyone who knew him. Uh, it was hard not to know if you knew Whitey at all, even a little bit, not to have him touch you in some way. So, I mean, he was funny, a great sense of humor. He was a very spirited individual, had great stories about, you know, the, the, the stories about, you know, Mickey Mantle and Billy Martin and, you know, and just so many fascinating, fun stories. And, you know, from a bygone era, an era that just doesn't, you know, obviously it doesn't exist anymore, but uh, certainly in its time and place. I mean, you got to remember baseball was as big as it gets. Baseball was the national pastime and particularly in new york where you had the yankees and the dodgers and the giants and they all had their stars and they all had their moments but the yankees were sort of in my mind they were the biggest of the three and then uh, and hadn't certainly had the most stars but but and that's not to to, to uh, put down the dodgers or the giants they certainly had many stars and had big moments too but the yankees were the yankees and they were the yankees then they're the yankees now but 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 whitey was the personification 
of the Yankees because of his heart. And it's, it's just every time he got in a, a championship situation, he just never, he just never let it go. And he never, never let you down. You know, he was just such a clutch performer and, uh, and uh, just so many ways underscored the true value and the recognition of those great Yankee teams. That, like I said, that had the, the, the Mantles and the Marises and the, you know, and the, and the, uh, the uh, Louis Arroyo, <laughs> great Louis Arroyo, uh, great of the many saves uh, when Whitey won his Cy Young in 1961. He went 25 and four, and Louis Arroyo saved many of those games coming out of the bullpen, and uh, they became intertwined at, at least in, for, for that year in Saints. So, I uh, the Richardsons and the Kubeks and the, I mean, it's just the list is like it's like endless. Barra and God, Barra and Blanchard. And, I mean, we could do this forever. How many Gil McDougal, how many wonderful, interesting, fascinating Yankees there were and on so many different levels. And, and no one more, more interesting and more fascinating to me than Whitey, because Whitey was up there right there on that same play with Mickey Mantle in terms of his uh, recognition and, uh, and, uh, and, you know, and how, again, baseball was held. Baseball still held, obviously, in high esteem. It's Big sport and a great sport, and it's our sport. But you know, then it was it was even bigger than life back then, especially in New York, when you had it was the mecca of baseball, if you will. I didn't have the opportunity to get to know Whitey Ford like you did, um, but I, I will say I did run into him every year at Old Timers Day, and you you know this as well as I do. I've been in sports and entertainment twenty five years, and over that time flip you really become immune to being around great athletes and celebrities. Uh, it almost, it's almost par for the course in what we do. Uh, but that wasn't the case when I saw Whitey Ford at Old Timers Day. You know, whenever I saw him, I knew I was in the presence of greatness. And I guess maybe Yogi Bear is the only other time I, you know, I shared a dugout with him during a spring training game. And it was like, oh, wow, this is something that's amazing. There's a handful of those type of people that you sort of know. Those of us been in the business a long time. You've been in 25 years. I've been in almost 50, you know, 40, 46, 47 years. It's a long time to be doing something. And you meet a lot of people through the years. So it's, uh, you know, and some, you know, touch you a little bit more than others. Some you get to know a little bit better than you do others. Uh, and some mean a little bit more to you than, than others. Uh, everybody should mean something, but it, but some just resonate louder for, for because of their athletic accomplishments or how you may have connected to them as people. So I remember the first time I met Mickey Mantle, which was, was, was a lot larger than life, and Yogi Berra, which was larger than life. And, and Whitey was one of those Yankees who was larger than life because of his tremendous accomplishments, you know, on the mound and, you know, what he meant to the various teams and the dynasties in which he pitched through. And, uh, yeah, but I will, you know, I, he was certainly when the first time I ever met him, I remember something, that's Whitey Ford. That's like Whitey Ford. You know, it's yeah. like, okay, wow. it's like, like I said, like the same thing with Mickey. And when I met Mickey and I met Joe DiMaggio, and I felt the same way. I mean, it's like, so it's when you meet those kind of, there's great players and great Yankees. And then there's really, there's the Hall of Fame Yankees. And you go, wow, he's a Hall of Famer in many, many ways. So yeah, he absolutely was an unforgettable personality. Good guy, good guy, nice family. Uh, and uh, we're going to be joined by Ed Randall, a baseball historian and the host of Talking Baseball in a moment and it, we'll have a, a little bit more in depth about uh, about um, about Whitey, but uh, certainly it's a very sad day the passing of Whitey of Whitey Ford. I'm glad you brought up Ed Randall, our guest this week. Um, if you don't mind, Flip, I'm just going to lay out and listen to you guys because that's going to be an amazing conversation. 
while I, I know Eddie a lot of years, and you know he is a definitely a baseball historian, and uh, and uh, talking baseball is a great show. You get a chance to listen to it. Uh, he's uh, it was uh, it's been a television show, and now it's a uh, it's on radio, and it's been there for many years. Like I think the last sixteen years, you could find it uh, on radio. So it, it you can get it. I think it's on WFAN in New York, and uh, then many of you don't listen to uh, listen to it outside of New York, but uh, WFAN has a stream, and I'm sure you can find it. It's a very very popular show, and it's a lot of fun, and he goes that memory lane with so many of the greats of the game and uh so he got a chance to know whitey many many for those many years and he played actually played minor league baseball with his son they were roommates in elmira you know in 1974 so uh he's got quite a few stories interesting stories he's a lot of fun and it will be i know it'll be an entertaining listen i'm looking forward to it flip how about we uh go right to it sounds good uh kevin welcome back to curtain call john Filippelli. Uh, sad news in Yankee land, sad time in Yankee land, the passing of a true Yankee legend, Whitey Ford, uh, the, the chairman of the board, as he was known, 236 career wins, 10 wins in the World Series, 16-year career, elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame in 1974. 1961, he was the World Series most valuable player against the Cincinnati Reds. And also that year, he won the American League Cy Young, posting a 25-4 and record. Just an incredible Yankee, an incredible Yankee career. Uh, I'm going to do a little retrospective here. So I'm going to welcome in a, a friend of mine who's a historian, a baseball historian. He's also the host of the very, very popular program, Talking Baseball, which has been on uh, for many, many years. And you could find it uh, uh, just about anywhere on your dial. And uh, at this time, I welcome in, a, like I said, a good friend of mine, Ed Randall. I'm going to talk a little bit about Whitey. Hello, Eddie. How are you? Hey, Flip. Great to be with you. Thanks for having me. Thanks you. Thank you for for joining us at this time. So, when you heard the news about Whitey, what was your first initial reaction? I, I I was so sad, and yet there was a smile on my face because he was so kind and so good to me. Flip, uh, he had been experiencing uh, dementia for the last few years. Uh, was going through some tough times, uh, but. He was so generous to me. Um, and I go back with him and the family to that summer of 1974 when, as you referenced, when he went into the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame. I had a long, I've, I've had a long relationship with the family and with him, which I treasure. When you think Whitey Ford, um, what single, is there a single moment that stands out for you above all the many career milestones and great moments in his career? Is there one in particular that you, you, you immediately flash back to? Well, I, I think the fact that they called him the chairman of the board, I can't think, can you, of a, of a more appropriate nickname for a guy that when the money was on the table, this was the guy. And he was uh, always in charge. And, and he was, he didn't throw very hard, but he was, he, another nickname for him was, was Slick, uh, which means that no matter the circumstances, he always found a way out of trouble. He was, uh, he was, he was clutch. He personified the greatness of that time, uh, the prior Yankee dynasty to what we saw at the end of the uh, last century. Um, he was on 11 pennant winning teams. He was on six, uh, six of which won World Series titles between his rookie year of 1950 and uh, 1964. He was just, he was the man. He was the man, Flip. You know, he, he really was. And, you know, it's funny, but 
because to me, it's sort of when I, I heard the news, I mean, obviously I was deeply saddened by it. I didn't know him as, as well as you did, Eddie. I, uh, but I did meet him many times in passing through the years at, at many different events. And uh, I don't know why, but every time I think of Whitey, I, I think of Yogi and I think of Mickey and I think of Roger and I think of Elston. You know, I, I think of Hank Bauer. I, I mean, I think of, uh, you know, Cleet Boyer. I think of Bobby Richardson. I think of that, you know, sort of that, that team, as you said, that sort of preceded him in the era that preceded the, the current one. So I, there's a lot of memories that just his name conjures up for me. But to me, he was just such an incredible postseason performer. I mean, you know, and he is the 10 wins in the World Series, the 33 and two thirds, you know, consecutive shutout innings. I mean, just give me a break. Really? Right. It's an amazing number. It is an, it is an amazing number against teams that had uh, Roberto Clemente uh, on them and, uh, and Frank Robinson in Cincinnati and Mason McCovey in San Francisco in 60, 61, and 62. He was just incredible. It, would you allow me to tell a quick story about him? Sure, of course. I, uh, I go to Elmira, New York, out of uh, Fordham University to take the job of being the play-by-play voice of the uh, Elmira Red Sox of the New York Penn League. I take the job flip for free because that's how badly I wanted to do it. And I eventually during that season, I'm, I'm going to get $3 a game. Don't laugh. Uh, I got $6 for double headers. <laughs> I'm living in Elmira. The draft takes place in 1974 and the Boston Red Sox with their first selection in the 1974 draft select shortstop from the University of South Carolina, Eddie Ford. Whitey's son, who was playing, ironically, for Whitey's ex-teammate, Bobby Richardson. Uh, The family comes to uh, Elmira after Whitey negotiates the contract, and Boston assigns Eddie to start his career in Elmira, and I meet the family, uh, Whitey and Joan and and Eddie. And I say to them, I have an extra bedroom. And from that moment on, that's when the friendship with the family began. So that summer... Eddie and I roomed together in Elmira, and to this day, Flip, we've never called each other Ed and Ed. It's always been rooms. It's always rooms is on the phone. It's rooms. So uh, that summer, ironically, was the summer in which Whitey and Mickey, and how appropriate was that, going into the Baseball Hall of Fame together. And on the way to Cooperstown, Whitey, of course, stopped in Elmira to see his son. So here's uh, little Eddie Randall doing the play-by-play, and Whitey sits in with me on WEHH, AM and FM. And there is, I have, and John, you'll appreciate this, a snapshot. We may have to explain to the audience what that was, but somebody took a picture of Whitey and me sitting next to each other uh, while I'm doing the play-by-play in Elmira. Many years later, I'm working as the New York reporter for ESPN. And it's old timers day when I become, and I'm sure like you, you become 12 years old. And I walk into with my crew in, uh, into the auxiliary clubhouse in Yankee stadium and Whitey sees me and he puts his arm around me and he takes me around flip and he introduces me to Mantle and Maris and Berra and Bauer and all these iconic guys. And, and, and he narrates as we walk around the clubhouse, he narrates, uh, he says to them, uh, you know, this here is Eddie Randall. He lived with Eddie and Elmira, and he was making $3 a game, and now he's working for ESPN. Ain't that something? 
I mean, it was a moment in time that I will never forget and I will cherish. And he was so kind to me. He came on my television show uh, four or five times. Uh, there was never no. Uh, and uh, there was a moment in time where on the Yes Network, I had the opportunity to do the Staten Island Yankees. And one of the days he was my color guy. I mean, really, what a life it's been. How special was having him in the booth uh, to not only to, to be alongside you, to, to talk about the Staten Island Yankees, but, the, but also the, the whole idea of having Whitey Ford next to you. Did you pinch yourself a couple of times? Yeah, That's I Whitey mean, Ford my, next to me. Exactly right. I mean, you know, it's just like, it's like the day when I had Yogi Berra on my old television show, and, and we go to the first break. And, and you fall out of character for a moment. And I said to myself, my God, for the kid from the Bronx, look at this. I'm sitting next to, I'm sitting next to Yogi Berra. You know, and then we come out of the commercial. Right? Welcome back, everybody. Dad Randall's talking baseball. My guest is Yogi Berra. Yogi, you had a reputation for being a notorious bad ball hitter. And without skipping a beat flip, he goes, Eddie, they all look good to me. And I'm like, man, this guy makes this stuff up on the spot. This is great. <laughs> so with that, and then that day of being in the Richmond County ballpark with Whitey beside me are moments that I will cherish forever. But more than that, just the ongoing relationship with him and the family and how kind they have been to me through the years. I mean, he truly was an all-time great in so many ways. Uh, you know, really a legacy Yankee, a, a legendary player, a, a true Hall of Famer. And, you know, I mean, I go back to my own childhood and watching him, you know, pitch in the, in the 50s, the sort of the late 50s and into the, the early 60s. And, you know, when he was still, he was still very much at the apex of his career. And to see him dominate, I'll never forget 1961, which may have been the greatest Yankee team that I ever saw. And I agree. Them. Uh, but uh, I mean, it's hard to compare the eras. They're, they're all different, and sometimes it's hard to make a comparison. But that '61 Yankee team, which I mean, was just just loaded in every respect, at every position, and you know, so many Hall of Famers to come out of that team. And but you know, three but, catchers again, that, hit 20 home runs apiece at least on that team. Yeah, I mean, you know what? It's true. Like, you know, I mean, you had like, uh, you could you could go back to, you could do, you could do Mantle, you could do Marish, you could do Howard, you could do Johnny Blanchard. People forget about players right. like Moose Scourin and Johnny Blanchard. And, you know, if they got a lot out of that left field, Yogi, a lot of that left field situation. But, uh, no, they were quite extraordinary to watch. And and Whitey had such a dominant year. He and, and Louis Arroyo would come out in the pen and, you know, be that guy to get that save for him in the ninth inning. But he was just such a dominant player that rolled right into the World Series when they they beat the Reds in like five games and, and it was just an extraordinary time and you know he was an extraordinary player uh, I mean it's sad it's sad Eddie when you start to realize in the last what six weeks five weeks I mean Whitey Tom Seaver you know Bob Gibson Lou Brock, Lou Brock you know, Ron Peronoski Lou Perin Johnson who won the seventh game of the 65 World Series for the Dodgers with a two-run home run, Koufax beat uh, Jim Cott. Uh, yeah, we're, we're losing them, and it's just heartbreaking because when they go, they take a piece of us with them. Yeah, and, and and some cases like a real a major piece of us with with us, but you know that's the but they'll be remembered for because of their 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 stature as, as players and in, in many cases their stature as people. So you you won't forget those things. If there if there's one, let me ask you: if there's one one story, one thing, one moment that really to you says Whitey Ford, 
and that that you don't think the audience or would like to share with our audience that maybe you don't think they would be they would realize or, or jumps off the sort of the we've been doing the obits on on Whitey and what what one thing would you want people to know about Whitey that they may not know? Just about how uh, how smart he was, and you know what, Flip, how cool he was. I mean, he was just so cool, and he was cool to be around. And and what an absence of ego for a guy, I, and and not big of stature, five ten, maybe a hundred and eighty pounds. Uh, and and what he lacked, uh, what he lacked in power. It, it, there was this superior baseball intellect that he had. And then you add in the guile of being a street kid from Astoria, Queens, who go, who would go to Yankee Stadium and sit in the bleachers, and he saw Gehrig, and he saw a young DiMaggio, and then to have this life of being able to play with DiMaggio at the, at the end of his career. He, he was just, he was in charge. And a 690 winning percentage, I mean, my goodness, he didn't lose his 100th game flip uh, in the majors until this next to the last season in 1965 690 winning percentage he was just what I'd like people to know was he was uh, he was really uh, the straw that stirred the drink the drink from the pitcher's mound for those dominant years with the Yankees and how ironic it is that his birthday is October 21st and Mickey Mantles is October 20th and and Ed Randall's, by the way, but and not in <laughs> Mickey Mantle's birthday and Whitey Ford's birthday a day apart. My goodness, well, it was quite extra. I mean, I, I it's funny when I it's I have so many memories of this myself. But I one of the ones I just it seems because they were so etched in pop culture back then because you know the game was was so big, and you know New York obviously was the mecca of, of baseball because you had the obviously the Yankees and you had the Brooklyn Dodgers and New York Giants you had three teams playing here, and you know again baseball was just was the was the national very much the national pastime. So you know you would see the you know, the Whitey Fords and the Mickey Mantles and the the Willie Mazes and you would see these show up on like the Ed Sullivan show or the Phil Silvers, you know, show or what's my line, you know, those were very popular shows back right. in the day, primetime shows. And they would, they would be regulars making appearances on, on, on those shows and those programs. So they not only came at you from the side of sports, but they came at you from the side of, of primetime pop culture at the time as well. So, I mean, that shows yeah. you how, what a presence they wore in our society. Without a doubt, they transcended. They transcended the game. But he was such. He was so uh, lacking in ego, and uh, Jim Bouton, may God rest his soul, and uh, Joe Pepitone tell the story about you know, one night in Detroit, Mantle and Ford invited the young Yankees out to uh, have dinner uh, at what they thought that Boughton and Pepitone thought was going to be this lavish restaurant in Detroit. And they said, you got to meet us at the flame. That was the name of the place. And uh, so uh, Boughton and Pepitone get in the cab after a game at Tiger stadium. And they tell the, uh, <laughs> the cab driver, take us to the flame. And the cab driver sort of did a double take, which should have told them what was ha- what was going to happen. And he drove to the worst, most dilapidated part of Detroit and there was the flame. And the two guys walk in <laughs> and said, yeah, hi, we're here for Mr. Mantle and Mr. Ford's table. You know, and they looked at him like they had two heads. But that was the kind of thing that Whitey did with Mickey and with Billy and just the, 
just the goodness of their hearts. I mean, they just were just wonderful teammates, lacking in ego, and they were so much fun to be around. Uh, the, no doubt, uh, no doubt, they were very, they were very special, and they were a lot of fun. I mean, I remember Phil Lins uh, uh, sharing with me the the famous harmonica story, where uh, you know they, Phil was playing harmonica in the back. Right. And, Yogi didn't want to hear it. The Yankees had lost a, they were the, the tough stretch of a pennant race in 1964 and they needed, uh, they needed to win some games and the Yankees were struggling at the ter- so ter- end of the season, although they righted the ship and wound up going to the World Series. But at the time, it didn't look like uh, it was a sure thing. And Phil kept playing the harmonica and Yogi wanted him to stop. And then, uh, so he's playing the harmonica and, and then, uh, and he doesn't quite hear what Yogi, who's managing, said, wants. So he says, what do you say? And Mickey says to him, he's, uh, he, told, he wants you to play it loud. Play louder. So Phil starts playing the thing louder, <laughs> and uh, and then Yogi got up and yelled, got in his face, and it was quite a thing. But uh, a lot of people think that that was the thing that actually got the Yankees uh, kind of off where they were and got them uh, right right at their ship a little bit. Uh, they had remember, just lost a doubleheader in Chicago yeah. on a Friday night, and 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 Yogi eventually wound up coming up the aisle, slapped the harmonica out of Linz's hands, flip, and it hit Joe Pepitone's knee. And, of course, Pepitone being Pepitone gets up and starts yelling, oh, my knee, I'm going to have to go on the disabled <laughs> list, as it was then <laughs> called. It was just nuts. But, yeah, play it louder. Play it louder. The, the reason I, even, I brought that up was I remember uh, Whitey's recollection of that. And Whitey said that was one of the more interesting experiences he had in the game. And <laughs> never forget it because, you know, he was all, he, he says, if Mickey didn't say it, I would have said it. You know, play it louder, yeah. play it louder. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what a but, great uh, sense of humor. And then Lynn's got a, a contract, as you know, with the Honer Harmonica Company yes, after that. That's yeah. true. He became a spokesman for harmonicas. It's funny yeah. how it works out. But all right, Eddie, I, I very much appreciate your time. Thank you for your recollections and uh, appreciate uh, all you do for the game. And uh, thank you for uh, talking baseball, which is a lot of fun. And you, like I said, you can catch that uh, on radio across many stations around our country. So thank you so much, Eddie. And I look forward to catching up with you down the road. And thank you for your time today. Thanks so much, Flip. Best wishes. Stay safe. Well, Flip, Whitey Ford, undoubtedly an amazing man, an amazing ball player. And I loved that I had the opportunity just to sit back and listen to you and Ed Randall talk about the great Whitey Ford. Yeah, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a fun conversation. Uh, you know, I know Eddie a long time. And, uh, you know, he is truly a baseball historian. And hopefully he gave some nuance and some context to the you know, the life and the career of Whitey Ford, uh, which in both cases has been, was extraordinary. His life was extraordinary. He was an extraordinary person. And obviously his baseball career speaks for itself. I mean, uh, you know, the, the the World Series, the post, the World Series performance, the, the 10 wins and, the you know, the consecutive shutout innings, 33 and two-thirds, which was amazing. It's an, that's an amazing stat, too. It really is. And, you know, it was the 236 wins. I mean, we, we, we've talked about all those things. But, I mean, just a remarkable career and was so important to the Yankees and such a such a legacy Yankee. There are, there are Yankees who are great Yankees and there are legacy Yankees. He was a legacy Yankee, no doubt. You mentioned some stats, 236 wins. He was a six-time World Series champion. Uh, Whitey Ford also has the franchise record for shutouts with 45, which will never be broken. Well, first you got to go nine innings, right? So I don't know. You see guys go complete games anymore. It's very rare, but uh, you know, like even guys who had leads, you know, it's it's hard to go uh, 
to get the complete nine now with pitch counts and everything else. So the game has changed rather dramatically, but it's still at a very impressive stat to think to think about going back in the day, pitching nine full innings, not getting a lot of help by the bullpen, although that sort of changed toward the end of, of Whitey's career, the last couple of years, the bullpen gained prominence and it became, you try to get those last couple of outs through the, through a closer became the way to go. But certainly for many, many years of his career, that wasn't the way it worked. You know, you got the ball and you stayed in the game until you could do it anymore. And or we're getting shelled or whatever that they take you out, but uh, you had to keep going. So, uh, uh, that was back in the day, and those were those numbers. But, uh, you know, again, it's, it's a bygone era in so many ways. Uh, uh, you know, it was, we talked a little bit about how popular, you know, the baseball players were in, in New York. We had three great teams. It was the mecca of baseball in New York. Was Baseball was the baseball mecca New York was. And it was just such a, a, a halcyon time between the Yankees and the Dodgers and the Giants. It was like everywhere you turned, there was baseball. Everywhere you turned, there were stars. Everywhere you turned, there were great stars stories and, 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 and great accomplishments. So, you know, it's now there's the Yankees are, have New York and then we have Mets and, but it was different, just a different era and a different time. And no one personified those eras or that time better than Whitey Ford. So, you know, it was a, uh, it was a fun conversation with Eddie Randall, who, uh, you know, like I said, is a, is a historian and really knows this backwards and far, forwards and is fun to talk to. And he can bring some, he also brings the human side of it and having known the Ford, the Ford family as well as he did. And so uh, it was, he was a good guest for us. And I'm glad that Eddie was able to uh, get some time out of his schedule to do this for us. It's appreciated. Um, Completely agree. A fun conversation during an unfortunate time. Um, so thank you to Ed Randall. Uh, moving forward, Flip, LCS is pending. Um, but we should probably let people know that we're going to be here for them, right? Yeah, I mean, as we record this, you know, it's uh, it's the it's the Friday, and we're facing Game Five. Uh, we're playing Game Five against the Rays, and you know, obviously, if we win that game, we move on to the LCS, and if we move on to the LCS, we will have a a curtain call. We'll try to do a curtain call every day for you, so we we stay invested in the those LCSs, and we'll keep you up to the we'll keep you up to date, and we'll give you our take on uh, the Yankees and uh, during the LCS. And so we will try to give you those shows every day, obviously, in each game. So that's our plan. We'll do that for you. And uh, that's uh, our fingers crossed for the Yankees in game five. And we uh, persevere and we will, uh, we will give you those shows. Good plan, Philip. I'll be here for it. Uh, so will I, Kev. I look forward to it always. So in the words of Ashley Fugazi, time to land the plane. Yeah, I think it's time. Okay, we land that plane, and uh, so we'll catch up with you soon, and thank you for being our guests, and, uh, you know, remember Whitey Ford.